Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, Lakers Fast Break, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown. I am your host, Mark Tinklenberg, and I am here with my man, Zach Walker. We are back, folks. It has been a while. and A little um, bit. And before we go on, uh, again, I love saying this because it is true. Uh, like and subscribe to our stuff at X underscore breakdown on Twitter and Instagram. And also please give us that five-star review on Apple podcasts. Um, so I apologize for delay in episodes here. Um, I have actually gotten a new job. Um, I have been named the head boys basketball coach at Marysville high school. So I've been a little busy in yeah. June. Woo! Been a little busy in June, getting things up. The Dutchman up. has his own program coming yeah. at you hot. Yep. 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 And we are, uh, we've been busy uh, starting things up and getting going. So I, I how's, it, how's it looking so far? How's open gym been brother? You know what, man, we're going to be, we're going to be all right. Uh, got yeah. a lot of young hungry players that want to want to do it. So um, I'm determined to let our work speak for itself. I like flying under the radar and then we will, yeah, we will uh, hopefully, you know, just continue to get better. And by the time season starts, we'll be in a good place. So I like it. So back to NBA, which I haven't missed a beat on. I just haven't been talking about it as much um, because I've been so focused on other things. But let's talk about the playoffs right now. Um, you know, I mean, that's got, a lot's happened since we had our last episode. Let's yeah, be Lakers, a lot Lakers of things have, have happened. Booted. Yeah, uh, Nets have been booted. Um, so the top two teams that I think we thought Sixers booted. Um, Yep. And in the West, you know, Utah uh, out as well. So um, I don't think anybody would have picked the Suns at the beginning either to make it the NBA Finals. But here we are up 3-1 against the Clippers. Um, and I know you guys, I think you discussed a little bit um, in the last episode. Um, but, you know, all the injuries racking up and 
how that has impacted the the playoffs so far. But hey, give credit where credit's due. Uh, the Phoenix Suns are up three one in the West, and we're going to have probably a six or seven game series in the East with Atlanta and Milwaukee, yeah. um, and Game Three going on right now. So uh, let's talk a little bit about you know how we see the rest of this shaking out. I think Suns win uh, Game. Let's see, that would be game five in Phoenix, and that crowd is going to be going crazy. Um, I see them closing it out. You know, the Clippers, I I give them credit. Ty Lue has really coached his butt off in these playoffs. His adjustments have been better than probably anybody's and making the most out of what he's got. Um, And I give him credit there, but it just feels like those guys have hit kind of that point where we've seen the most they can do, and eventually you do run out of gas, right? Well, and, you know, sadly, you get you have an injury come at the worst time in Kawhi Leonard, because I I do think that this series is is a little different if he's completely 100 percent healthy. I think I think it's still a great series regardless. But having Kawhi Leonard, who is known to be not just an offensive guy, but his defense, even though to me his defense has not been as stout as it has been in the last couple of years, he's still one of the top defenders in the league, period, um, as far as coming on on ball. So losing him, and they already said that it's like extremely unlikely, more so before the knee health. Could he play? Yes, but it's like what what's going to interfere with his future with the team? I think they're being they're being safe for the future of the team more so than is this our one chance to be in it because I, the roster's not going to change you know next year they're, you know they uh, you know Reggie Jackson might go somewhere else but like it's not going to change much they're going to still be a decent Western Conference team and depending on where the playoffs go next season they're they're just a, they're a matchup type team it just depends on who they play. It is, just depends on who they play. They, Kawhi, they're, not, they're not a dominant team. Yeah. Is Kawhi going to be a Clipper next year? It's another good point. I mean, Paul. I got to be honest. Let me just, I, look. You, you and I are good at body language. Let's call it what it is. That man is miserable. <laughs> he doesn't look good. He doesn't look good at all. He doesn't look happy. Um, he looks it, miserable. And I'll give some credit where credit do and we we talk about pg quite a bit in in this podcast he's played his butt off in the in this series he, he's he's done pretty well um, i mean missing clutch free throws at the end of that game that that sucks but he's done what he could do to carry a team without Kawhi leonard being there he just doesn't i mean you know, I got hero Reggie Jackson coming out of nowhere. I still don't understand. So but. here's my here's my thing though is that you know I agree, but I mean Reggie Jackson right now, and without Reggie Jackson and Terrence Mann, you know Paul George has has done okay. Again, last night though, I mean you got a home game and you shoot under twenty five percent from the field yeah. again. You go over yeah. ten on threes. Oy. and. You know, they have a chance to win, but without Reggie Jackson, man, this team would so these guys have kind of come out of nowhere, have stepped up and and again, I do think Paul George has had a much better playoffs than in than last year. No yeah. question. I mean, yeah. th- these are arguably his best playoffs, but um but I think we've seen the end kind of of the Clippers run, whatever that was for this playoffs. And you know, for them, 
they should be happy. They made their first ever Western Conference Finals, and I think for Absolutely. them, that's, that's good enough. You know, it's because fine. They'll never win a title, and that's okay. That this is the most I I expect out of them. Exactly, and, and, and I'm and I'm okay with that. Yep, yep. And because, because I still still don't like them. Yeah, precisely. So, yeah, precisely. <laughs> plain and simple. I still don't like them. So this, this is all you get, big fella. I need you to come on back down out of the game. You're gonna get beat by the Phoenix Suns, which is hilarious. It's I need you to come down. It's actually very comical. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna need you to go. It's very comical. Yeah, um, very comical. And in the East, you know, Atlanta's. Listen, man, they're gonna take Milwaukee to the brink. I'm just they they have something going on right now. You know who they remind me a lot of? I. I I haven't seen anybody say this yet, so I might be the first, but they remind me a lot of that Dallas Mavericks team that won the title back in 2011, 12, or 10, 11, whichever. And where they just, they just got hot at the right time at the end of the season. And it carried over into the playoffs. And before you know it, they're making a run to the NBA finals, not saying, you know, Milwaukee's going to be a bear to get through ultimately, They just kind of have that vibe, you know, like Jason Terry, it just felt like in those playoffs, he made every single shot. And it just feels like Trey Young is just, he just is making every big shot. And and that brings me to my next point in conversation. You know, before this year, um, if you would have asked, all right, hey, Zach, you're a GM. Before this season started, you have Trey Young and Luka Doncic on the table. Who are you taking? Um, I, I think I think we're both on the same page here. Where we would have said Luca, and there's not even really a discussion about it. Period. No discussion. I, I think Luca's our guy. That there's just not. I mean, this, it, I would have told you that's a stupid poll question, and you need to think of other questions because you're a horrible host. That's what I've said, what I've said to you on our podcast in the middle of it. So <laughs> that's just... a horrible discussion topic, and I need you to move on. Right, and. And I agree. And so the reason that's brought up is because, you know, they were traded for each other on draft. Night. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody thought, you know, wow, like Mavericks completely lopsided trade in this deal in the long run, getting Luca, Trey Young, first couple of years struggling. And now let's have this conversation because it is a very, very real conversation now at the end of this season. And when this is all said and done, no matter how far this goes, we have to talk about who are you taking if you're starting a team, Trey Young or Luka Doncic, because, hey, Trey Young is a better deep three-shooter. He's a better three-point shooter. He's a much better free-throw shooter, which is one of Luka's major downfalls right now. Um, yeah. You know, they, they, Luka's got the size advantage and, the, and the, you know, the body. But, you know, I'm sitting here watching, and nobody, the, the NBA is tailor-made for a guy like Trey Young with his skill, his speed, his floater. You can't touch him on the perimeter. He's going to bomb from 40 feet, 45 feet, and it's just a normal everyday shot, it feels like right now. This is a conversation we got to start thinking about. I think, I mean, let's let's say what it is. He's the next Steph Curry. I mean, like when we're like, Steph Curry changed the game. He's base. He created Trey Young. You can tell that Trey molded his game in his 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 model. And I love that's just that. like that's a, there's that's no a great way to put it. Yeah, like this is the product of what Steph Curry did seven, eight, nine years ago when he came in the league, and Trey is that baby that was created. I mean, he he literally 
is Steph's younger son. I mean, it's like, it's, it's crazy watching him. The only thing, I mean, the only weakness, and we're going to say this is he's never going to be a great on ball defender. Cause Steph is actually a decent defender for what yeah. he does. He's yeah. a really decent defender and he's never going to be a, and Trey's never going to be that. I don't see that coming to his game, but you can, you can be a good team defender and making sure you're playing the lanes correctly and all that stuff. And that's the only thing that I'll say needs to be emphasized in his game. Other than that, not only is he just that talented, he's great at playing the crowd, whether you like it or don't like it. It's never my favorite thing when you when trash talk. It's never my favorite thing, but it's good for television, the shimmy, the crossover. It's really great that he can play to the crowd, telling the Knicks fans to shush, all of that stuff. Mm. He's coming into his own, not as a player, as a superstar. Yeah, I love that. That, that is so true. And you know what? Give credit where credit's due. There's not many guys that can play into the crowd and can do that and then back it up by making the big shots. And right now he's making the big time shots. And yeah. don't be surprised after tonight if Atlanta's up two games to one. You know, I mean, it, it's just you can't you can't count them out right now. He he's just he's so dangerous every single time down the floor. He is so dangerous. And and let me just say this real quick: his teammates better thank him. Like John Collins is going to thank him for his contract because he makes the rest of the team look good. He's oh, like yeah. Peyton Manning for the Colts back in the day. They weren't the best receivers, but Peyton threw them open. Yep. Trey is doing that as the quarterback on the NBA court, making these guys look great. John's about to go get a contract after this yes. year. Yes. And I could see him being decent on a team without Trey Young or a point guard that can do that, but nothing dominant. But he's going to go get a contract this year because Trey's made him look that good. Absolutely. Trey, is, Trey has elevated that team in everyone's play, and that's what he does for the team. Absolutely. Um, and so with, and, and you're right. And so that conversation all of a sudden becomes very legitimate as we've talked about. And it's just something that we got to keep paying attention to. He is, he has catapulted himself into that superstar, you know, conversation with, with, with the 10 or 12 others that we have in the game right now. He's, he's up there, man. And, and, and let me say to the other argument, when we're talking about Luca, we have a coach that's decided to step away mutual decision to say he's going to step away and Rick Carlisle from the Mavericks. When to me, Rick's one of the better coaches in the NBA and he's been there for, I think, well, God, 11 years now, something like that. he's been there that long. And Luca, he doesn't, he doesn't seem like a player that everyone likes on the team. Like he, he, like you have a, you have a coach that's left, you have Porzingis that you can tell doesn't really feel Luca. You can, there's to me where you have Trey that's like, no, that's our point guard. Where you're like, I don't know who's gonna be on the Mavericks next year. <laughs> it's it's really a completely different atmosphere, and you see it. Luca has a temper issue. You can you see it on the floor. He gets a lot of ta- technical fouls. He, he has he is that where you hope that his ego can be put aside and go, yes, you're the main guy, but you got to make sure you're elevating your teammates because you won't win a championship by yourself, period. Yeah, he's a very emotional point guard. Yeah, yeah. and that could come back Whereas, to bite him if he doesn't start to reel it back in. Absolutely. And Trey right now is a stone-cold killer. 
Exactly. <laughs> and he's, and he's not afraid to tell you about it. Exactly. Uh, yeah. You, you, you gotta love, you gotta love what's happening right now for some of these guys, this younger generation of, of Luca and Trey, and then you have Devin Booker and Phoenix and, and you have those three guys right there with Luca, Trey, and Devin Booker. The future of the NBA is very bright. I mean, those three guys have just completely taken off to the next level in these playoffs. I mean, you know, Luca leaving in the first round, but taking a Clippers team to seven games with essentially nobody as his supporting yeah. cast. I mean, he was putting up 40, 15, and 50. I mean, the stuff he's doing is insane. Yeah, I, right. I still think Maverick should have won that series. I mean, it's they, they had oh, every yeah. chance to to a lot, maybe have the Clippers win one game, but they were up most of those games. They played that series really, really well. Yep. And as you mentioned, I, we want to I want to transition to another superstar. Um we're going to kind of work through the road here and talk about this a little bit. So you mentioned Rick Carlisle leaves um, Dallas and um, ends up going to Indiana, which is a a fantastic hire for the Pacers. It's exactly what they needed. He gets to go back to the Pacers. Uh, Rick Carlisle is a top five coach in the NBA. Hands down question. Yep. People love him. They love playing for him. He will help bring good players to Indiana. He will re- he will revitalize that. He is an offensive genius. Yeah. Um, the stuff he runs is as good as anybody's offensively. Um, and so he will help there, but here's the, uh, you know, here's kind of how all this ends up turning into, you know, uh, one thing leads to another. So he goes and um, the Mavericks that hired Jason Kidd, who Damian Lillard comes out and says, Terry Stotts, I'm very thankful for your time here. After Terry Stotts gets fired, and he says publicly to somebody, states it, I want Jason Kidd. That's the guy I want. Jason Kidd leaves the Lakers and goes to the Mavericks after saying, I'm withdrawing my name from the Portland can- uh, vacancy. I don't want to be a candidate uh, for that opening. Now, why would he do that? I mean, why would Jason Kidd, a guy who's a sister who's been looking for a head job, who gets to go and one of the, the superstar on Portland says, that's the guy I want. Why would he take his name out of there? Now I'm not trying to get, you know, too deep in the well here, but I do think it's odd then that Portland hires Chauncey Billups yesterday or two days ago. And then about two, three, four hours ago, there's reports that Damian Lillard is very unhappy and that he is going to be requesting a trade from Portland this offseason and that it's his time and it's on his terms and that Portland will want to do right by him. And all of a sudden now, now listen, and you, this is where I need you to chime in. Zach, if Damian Lillard gets traded, okay, and he ends up – and we know where he wants to go. He, I mean, he's an LA guy, um, but no matter where he goes, if Damian Lillard gets traded and Portland blows this operation that they have going right now, because he's clearly saying, I don't believe in what we have right now, CJ McCollum, you know, um, and that is the thing. Both are getting. Tra- okay. I so, think CJ's on the way out too. Uh, okay. So all of a sudden now, because of I think Portland's going steps, for a rebuild. Wow. And you know where Damian Lillard is going to say he wants to go, right? Absolutely. Yep. And he's going to go to LA. If he's going to want to go to LA. 
if this is pulled off and the Lakers are able to pull this off, I mean, either way, no matter where he goes, this changes the landscape of the NBA. Damian Lillard is that dude. Well, let's talk about it really quick, because if you think about where he would request a trade, okay, and and this is a, I want to get further than I was with Portland. Realistically, you have Los Angeles. They've won a, they won a title last year. So you know that that's got to be top of the list. After that, it, you know, it's not like nets are even feasible. It, you know what I mean? There's teams that yes, could get in the title. There's nothing feasible for him to be better than Portland besides LA market wise. Sure. You have a New York adding him doesn't change anything as far for him, as for him for him right yeah like market wise sure but it doesn't change like he'll probably be the exact same place he was with portland going to new york yep um he's not going to a place he's not going to the 76ers i mean unless that's a ben simmons and damian lillard i mean that's that'd be the only other thing because you have to then go contract for contract yeah that's a possibility that's a possibility. That'd be the only other team. I would probably say my West pick is LA. My East pick is, is the 76ers. That's, That'd be the only thing that I kind of want to see feasible happening. That's and legit. You have Embiid, Damian Lillard, and uh, Tobias Harris. That's pretty legit. No, that's, Those I, are my two. I didn't even think about that. And, and the report is from NBA Central on Twitter an hour ago that multiple All-Stars have been trying to recruit Damian Lillard to leave the Trailblazers for weeks. And you know, if you know anything about Damian Lillard, he is very close with one LeBron James in the NBA. Um, they have done a couple of Instagram lives together, and Damian Lillard has made it very clear in the past that he would love nothing more than a chance to play with LeBron in his NBA career. Um, and and, and let's not case, forget, yeah, and let's not forget, Damian Lillard has stuff going on outside of basketball. Mm-hmm. He's a huge in the music scene. Mm-hmm. That dude being in LA, mm-hmm. that would be very big for him, not just for the, for him, his career for basketball, but just for his personal life as well, because he does. I mean, he's a great rapper. Yeah. Business beyond basketball. Business beyond basketball. LA, just like it was LeBron's choice because it was business beyond basketball. Right. That was LeBron's choice. And that's why he picked LA. Right. That would be, a, that'd be the reason I would see him going to LA. Man, Zach, guys, let's give it up for Zach. He is sharp tonight. He is bringing the heat. (laughs) My guys, bring in the heat tonight. You're right. And you know what? Oddly enough, he starred in LeBron James Space Jam 2, which will be coming out soon. And I don't know, man. I I see this. I think you're right. I think Portland blows it up, and I think Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum are traded. And I think one of the two ends up in L.A. Um, the For Lakers sure. are, are hot on the trade market sure. right now. They do have assets. Because Kuzma's can, gone. Kuzma needs to go. Kuzma's um, gone. And, and they'll trade him. And, and they've tapped him out, though. You know, his role is he's never going to be what he wants to be. And he did improve in a lot of areas this year, but he's kind of tapped out. And um, there's a lot of valuable pieces, young pieces, that other teams will want. Um, and, and let me rewind back. I do want to talk about, obviously, more in the coaching carousel that's kind of been going on. Go back to Jason Kidd. He, I think he chose that because first of all, he's gonna he's gonna work for a, to me the greatest owner. Like I think, yeah, like in sports, I, arguably, in, yeah, good in sport, yeah. Like Mark Cuban, he has his history there with Jason. He won. He was on the team when they won the title. 
he, he Mark Cuban will let him run that team. Like he, that's, that's Jason Kidd's team as far as coaching uh, coaches love to have them as, as him as their boss. And I, and that's probably why he chose that and took his name out. And that's great. And give him um, credit to everybody from the Lakers organization has just nothing but good things. To absolutely. Say absolutely. So I think he's going to be great for that program. Billups. We'll see. I, I, you know, I think it's, I'm glad that Billups, I've always liked Chauncey. I'm glad that he's getting a head coaching job. And I think Portland going towards a rebuild is probably a good start for him because he gets to just go, Hey, I'm going to try to get some young pieces and, and see what I can do with it. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I hope Becky Ham does get it. I know that was another name that's been floated around with a lot of teams. I hope that's a, a name. Sure. She gets a chance here in the next couple of years. Let me hit on Rick going back to the Pacers really, really quick. Um, He's a coach that I've missed for a long time. I've said it to you. Rick was a guy that I hated that left, but let's be honest. He was our coach during Malice at the Palace. And he got burned out because we that team was going to be so good. And because of that, when that happened, the roster got blown up. And his record didn't really reflect how good of a coverager come in. Um, after Reggie retired and was a start of something, but it just wasn't that that team was just not what it could be now in the roster. We have a great roster. And I think Rick is the guy to have that. Uh, um, I think that players it's, I, I loved, um, I want to say it was, uh, I'll say it was Stephen A wrote it on Twitter saying, basically, if this doesn't work, if this doesn't work for the Pacers, the, they really need to, the players need to look in the mirror. They've, they've run off a Nate McMillan. They ran off a Nate Bjorgren because they didn't get along. And now they have a coach that is a top five coach in the league, but doesn't work. Hey guys, as I say in life coaching, you're the common denominator. You guys need to check your egos at the door and play for your coach, figure it out. So we'll see what happens in the off season and what trades they do, whether Sabona gets, Sabonis gets moved or miles Turner gets moved. It's going to be one or the other. Um, we'll see, but I think it's a great hire. Excited to have him back. He's, you know, coming from the Larry bird branch cause he was assistant for Larry bird and then took over for Larry bird after he left after his three seasons. I'm excited to have him back. Welcome back. Big fella. It's going to be nice. Yeah. It's going to be real nice. And, and he's going to make them instantly better. And you know what else is going to make things instantly better is that the NBA has implemented a few new rules we need to talk about that we're going to end with here today. So in the 21-22 season, um, offensive fouls on a shooter who launches or leans into a defender at an abnormal angle, offensive foul on a shooter who kicks his leg out at an abnormal angle, and there's going to be an offensive foul on a shooter who abruptly jumps backwards or sideways into a defender finally finally bringing back what basketball should be yeah which is that if the defense is in a legal guardy guarding position and the offense does anything abnormal that is not a defensive foul you are not rewarded free throws it is actually going to be an offensive foul no and you will be sent to the bench and you will not go back in the game <laughs> <laughs> needs to come on out. Okay. Well, Which, you know, for years we've seen as they, you know, as NBA has wanted more points on the board, they rule in the favor of the offense. And that's just kind of what has happened. And, and as much as we like seeing scoring, 
you and I are old school, man. Like there's gotta be some defense, but you have to allow them to play defense. Like you have to allow them to play or else it's just impossible. You might as well just go, Hey, all we're going to do is play offense. There's going to be 300 points on the board. We'll just keep running back and forth. Who has a lot, whoever has the last shot has the last shot. I mean, that's basically what it's been like. Yeah. Um, in, in during the regular seasons, I mean, obviously playoffs always defense comes in. We've seen some really low scoring games actually in the, in the playoffs mixture of bad shooting and defense, but it, it's, it's finally happening where we're kind of like, okay, we, we almost allowed too much time to reel it back and go, that guy doesn't shoot at a 45 degree angle. Like that just Correct. doesn't like, I don't, like that's just not what happens. <laughs> you cannot levitate parallel to the ground and throw shoot, the ball out, throw the ball out and get a three point. <laughs> and get three foul. Foul. Yep. He's foul. Let's go to the line. Yeah. Cannot it makes no have sense. An ex- can't have an exorcism no. in the no. court and gain free throws. No. Um, and, and sometimes it's just it, the flailing and the nonsense and the leg kicking is just, it's just ridiculous. Defensively, you can't, as you said, you just you can't do anything. They're they're making such good defenders. You're taking away such an advantage of being a good defender when that's the case. And, and honestly, guys are losing money because you're invaluable if you, you know, what I mean, if, if your specialty is defense and you can't do anything physically on the perimeter to you know help your help your team because everything is a foul. Well, you are now losing money. You are invaluable on the floor. And, and I think it's going to bring back some defensive specialists and bring back some guys, you know, like an Andre Iguodala type, you know, uh, people that are great on the perimeter who offensively aren't going to bring you a ton. Yeah. Get like a Trevor Ariza in his prime. Trevor Ariza in his prime, like just three and D Straight up three and D can, can be physical on the perimeter uh, and and can do it in a way where they're guarding and they're actually gaining the advantage by getting to the space first. And and right now, even if you get to the spot first and you stand there with your hands up and a guy jumps into you, you still get a foul called on you. Uh, it just it takes away such a large piece of the game. And it is going to be so nice to see that come back. Um, and the other part that they have to get figured out is these reviews at the end of games. It is yeah. it's bizarre. It takes away so much of the drama and and the actual authenticity of the game. Um, you know, we saw it the other night in in Phoenix where they're making calls. It's just you things where Patrick Beverly clearly hits the ball out of bounds, pokes it out, and they go randomly review it, and they just find a way to make it like clipper ball because they like it, that stuff is just it's ruining the integrity of the game. That is not. Any other time in the game, it would have been Phoenix ball. But because we're under a minute and a half, now all of a sudden it's cl- – you know what I mean? It's just – Well, it, it's kind of interesting because it, it's – to me, in the last two minutes of the game, it's not even the ref's discretion. If, if, if my team all of a sudden just shakes my finger in the air and we want to review it, you just decide that it's okay to do it. Right. Like, okay, to me it's either you guys on the floor as the refs are saying that might need to be reviewed – or you have a you have an earbud that New York is saying, hey, that should be reviewed, and it's coming from the booth like it does in the NFL. If there's a reason for it to be reviewed, it's on you guys as the referees. The team doesn't just to get to go, 
oh, I didn't do it. Let's just review it so we can honestly just have an extra timeout because that's really what it is. It's really just an extra timeout so they can figure out a play. Most of the time they know it's off them, in my opinion, or they know it's not off. And, and they just like, just do that just so we can get a breather. We can collect our thoughts. It's just slowing it down. The last two minutes of the game last for an hour and a half. I just need you guys to finish so I can go on and have some late chicken nuggets and just in my evening. That's what I need. That's it. Chicken nuggets and evening over. Okay. Give me some dino nuggets. Dino nuggets, please. Yeah. Yeah. That's Crispy it. and crunchy. A little ranch. That's all. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And, and you know what really topped it off for me that I said, okay, we've got to end this is when Devin Booker was driving and there was incidental contact on the play. Patrick Beverly flops down like a, like, like a fish that just ran out of oxygen outside of the water. And all of a sudden they stop the play in the middle of the play and they go review it and they call an offensive foul when nothing was called during the play. Nothing was called. There was no yeah. foul. They didn't stop the game because of a foul. They stopped the game because Patrick Beverly fell down and then you go review it and you create an offensive foul. I mean, it, that is just, that is next level awful. And like that is an awful product for the NBA. And I know they have to know it. They've got to get that part figured yeah. out. This the, implementing these rules is a really good first step. It's a step in the right direction. Yep. Stuff that we, we have to remember that as much as we like to bitch about some calls here and there, there's a human element to the, to the game that sometimes there's going to be a wrong call on the, on the floor. Mm -hmm. And that just is what it is. That adds to the drama. It gives us something to talk about. I don't want to talk about how many reviews I want to talk about. Hey, that did you, do you think it hit his finger? Hey, maybe I think it's a bad call. It just creates better. If we just allow it to be there, a human element in the game, it's just, it's taken it completely away. Absolutely. And the other part to that is, is that, um, you know, when you allow, like when that happens, um, as you said, we're not we're not thinking about the fact that you know all of a sudden you're creating rules. Then, like now, all of the focus is on how awful the NBA referees look, as opposed to how good the players are playing, and just how good the product will naturally look, as you said. So, it's it it's got to get figured out. So. For X's and O's NBA Breakdown, episode 22, my favorite number. That is your favorite number. We bid you adieu. Thanks for coming back and hanging out with us. And we will be checking in here um, towards the middle of these uh, conference finals. The Suns may end it tomorrow. Um, But Milwaukee and Atlanta still got a little time to play. So we'll catch in. We'll check up here in the next few days. We appreciate you. For Zach, for Mark. NBA breakdown. Mamba on three. One, two, three. Mamba. Mamba. See you Thanks, guys. guys. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three. <laughs>